country of the sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. Everybody. Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. It's a new year. It's a new show. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope it's uh, hope it's a great one for you. Um, yeah, I want to, as always, thank everybody for uh, listening and watching and subscribing on YouTube and any place that you find podcasts. Just search Catch, Hook, and Shoot, and you'll be able to find the show. And thank you to everybody for following social media on all platforms. You can find the show at Catch, Hook, Shoot. Head to patreon.com slash catch, hook, shoot for all your bonus content and prowrestlingtees.com slash catch, hook, shoot for uh, all your t-shirt needs. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catch, hook, shoot at gmail.com. So, Let's dive right into the new year. Like I said, it's a new year, it's a new show, but we're starting it off like we always do with our match of the week. So our match of the week this week is coming from AEW Dynamite, and I'm talking about Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allin. This is was the uh, the rematch from their time limit draw uh, a few months ago, and this one did not disappoint. These two put on a phenomenal show. Uh, Darby Allin finally hit that coffin drop onto the uh, the apron of the ring, and uh, yeah, I mean Darby Allin is really showing that he's more than just a one dimensional guy. He is, uh, you know, the, the kid can wrestle. I mean, and uh, he's just going to keep getting better. And it looks like AEW is you know, looking to put him in a pretty prominent position, which is good because I, I have become a Darby Allen fan since the inception of AEW. So, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you haven't checked this match out, Cody versus Darby Allen, definitely go back, check it out. Uh, in my opinion, best match, best match this week. So, uh, yeah, that's the match of the week with, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. So now we're going to start getting into some new stuff on the show. I told you guys last week I'm going to have some uh, some new segments and things like that going on. So it's time to uh, kick that off with our first new segment, and this one is called The Three Count. So what The Three Count is, is uh, it's just my top three things of the week. It's not necessarily a match. It could be a match. It could be an angle could be just a, a segment on TV could be, you know, could be anything, just three things that kind of caught my eye during the week that, uh, you know, that I want to talk about. So that's the, uh, that's what the three count is. And the first thing up on the three count this time is the, uh, Lana Lashley Rusev and now Liv Morgan love, uh, rectangle, I guess you could call it going on on Monday night raw. Uh, last week we had the, uh, the wedding of Lana and Lashley, which quite frankly turned into a complete shit show, but I think that was the point. You know, there's so many people hating on this angle online, and uh, but yet it's getting huge, huge viewership. So you know, they 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 must be doing something right. I mean, it uh, you know, it was the main event segment on Raw. People are watching. People are talking about it. They're gonna tune in next week to see what's going on. So as much hate as this uh, angle is getting from that uh, that vocal minority that I'm always talking about of wrestling fans online, you know, the numbers don't lie. There's people, people are paying attention to it. So, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna continue to play out. And like I said, now they've added Liv Morgan into the mix here, uh, which a lot of people were pissed off about that. You know, everybody wanted to see Liv Morgan paired up with Bray Wyatt in uh, like the sister Abigail type role. But it, uh, you know, I, I've been saying pretty much from the get go that, uh, you know, since they started with the uh, the vignettes and everything about uh, about Liv coming back, you know that that was not going to be the case. She's on Raw, Bray Wyatt's on SmackDown. It just, uh, you know, it just didn't make logical sense to me to just kind of throw her, you know, be having the vignettes on Raw and then she all of a sudden pops up on SmackDown. It makes no sense. But uh, yeah, definitely a, a little bit of a curveball with her coming out, objecting to the wedding, and saying that you know she she's in love, and you know everybody assuming she's talking about Lashley, and it turns out she's talking about Lana. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's still I've said a, a number of times. You know, this is not my favorite current storyline from the WWE, but obviously it's got a following because people, like I said, it was a main event segment of Raw. People are watching, people are talking about it, and they're going to tune in next week to see what happens next, and that's really the end goal. Um, I'm not going to get into the 
you know, all of the um, intimate details and, you know, intentions behind it and things like that, because people are really diving deep into this online with their either their uh, approval of it or or problems with it. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that. I, I mean, the, you know, throwing live into this angle is definitely a surprise. It definitely adds a new dimension to it. So, uh, you know, like everybody else, I'm going to be tuning in this coming week on Raw to see what's going to happen next. So, second part on uh, the three count here is uh, Harlem Heat and the Revival. Now, I think most people probably saw, uh, I believe it was during Survivor Series, Booker T was on the uh, the kickoff panel, and uh, uh, I think it was Dash Wilder, or uh, actually both the Revival guys came out and were kind of talking a little trash about Harlem Heat and things like that, basically, you know, kind of planting the seed, could we see Harlem Heat versus the Revival? And, uh, you know, I think that would be great. I mean, Booker T, you know, obviously still in, in very good shape. Uh, I'm sure Stevie Ray is as well. I mean, he's not uh, in the, the public eye so much like Booker T is. But I'm uh, I'm pretty sure Harlem Heat has at least one good match left in them. And uh, with opponents like the Revival, I'm sure they could get a good match out of them. So uh, that's, that's something I would not be opposed to seeing is Harlem Heat versus the Revival, whether it's at the Royal Rumble, whether they build it up for, uh, for WrestleMania. I don't think they're going to drag it out that long if it's going to happen so uh yes i i would definitely definitely like to see that um kind of along the same lines booker t has said i believe it was on wwe backstage he wants to manage the street profits this year uh that uh that could be interesting i mean booker t you know great talker in his own right the street profits no slouches on the microphone either uh so you know he would just serve to to elevate them more but uh yeah street profits i i uh as I mentioned last week, you know, during my uh, my ones to watch for 2020, Street Profits are going to be tag team champions at some point. And, you know, if you put uh, put Booker T in the, into the mix, do they need him? No, I don't think so. But I think it would be a pretty cool combination on screen with Booker T as their manager, advisor, or whatever, whatever they call him. So that, uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about that one. And number three on the three count this week is the, uh, the Dark Order. Now, there was a lot of... Uh, yeah, a lot of hate going around online about the one segment a couple of weeks ago where, you know, with the uh, quote-unquote ghost punches, as I call them, the one, uh, the the creeper was on top of Dustin Rhodes throwing punches and completely missing, you know, just punching the mat, basically. And, uh, you know, but uh, this past week on Dynamite, they just had a, uh, a vignette. The Dark Order didn't make an actual appearance in the arena. But, uh, yeah, Evil Uno was sitting there talking to somebody he was calling the Exalted One, uh, uh, you know, about their... Um, you know about what the the dark order is doing that they've uh, that they've broken down the elite and things like that and uh you know the this exalted one obviously the voice was disguised and he only said one word and it was wonderful so that got a lot of people speculating uh you know could this exalted one be Matt Hardy i mean his uh you know i believe his WWE contract is coming up soon some other other possibilities that i and this is just my own you know brainstorming here you know could could it be Marty Skrull could it be Hangman Page? I mean, we've seen him kind of splitting from the elite the last few weeks and, uh, you know, kind of distancing himself. Could 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 Hangman be the one behind the uh, the Dark Order? Or could it be, you know, could it be Chris Jericho possibly that, you know, they're going to be kind of the muscle for, uh, for the inner circle? I could see them, you know, weaving the two factions together. It kind of... If that's the case, it's kind of a throwback to the whole corporate ministry thing from the Attitude Era in WWE where, you know, they had the corporation faction and then the Undertaker's ministry faction. They ended up being uh, allied together. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, the, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that with the, the response being the one word, wonderful, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, they wanted to get people talking possibly about it being Matt Hardy. You know, they, they wanted to plant that seed. And I think it'd be pretty cool if it was. That would... Uh, definitely put an interesting spin on the whole dark order thing as if they're all you know answering to matt hardy so um, i'm anxious to to see this one play out um, so moving into news and rumors for the week on uh, wwe raw we saw uh you know some more from uh the storyline with uh samoa joe kevin owens seth rollins authors of pain they're definitely building that one up um you know i i'm curious to see who is going to be because obviously joe and owens are going to need a third partner so i'm curious to see who it is are they going to stick with ray mysterio in that storyline because uh you know ray mysterio's got his rematch for the u.s title coming up this week uh or are they going to put somebody else in that spot um you know i'm i 
honestly couldn't even venture to guess who it might be. Uh, so we'll have to have to see how that plays out. But that's the one storyline I'm really really interested in on Raw. That seems to be kind of like the top uh, the top angle going on besides the Lana Lashley Rusev Liv Morgan thing. Uh, also, we found out Becky will be taking on uh, Becky Lynch will be taking on Asuka at the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's, uh, apparently, Asuka is the one debt that she uh, uh, is looking to collect on because she does have that loss on her record to Asuka at uh, last year's Royal Rumble. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking for that to be a, a fantastic match between Becky and Asuka. They're two, as far as the women's division go, they are, you know, in the, I'd put both of them in the top five currently of, uh, of women wrestlers in WWE. And, uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, Rey Mysterio gets his rematch for the U.S. title at, uh, on Monday Night Raw this week. Moving on to NXT, the, uh, the brackets for the, uh, 2020 Dusty Classic tournament have been released, and it's, uh, it's going to be NXT versus NXT UK, so... So some uh, some interesting matchups here. The first round is going to be, you know, uh, each match is going to be an NXT team versus an NXT UK team, and then it'll break down from there. The first round, we've got Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel taking on the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler, and Wesley Blake. And we've got Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne from NXT. Um, yeah, Pete Dunne representing NXT this, uh, this go-around, not NXT UK. Uh, and they're taking on Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. That should be a fantastic match. I can't wait to see that one. Uh, and then we have uh, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang taking on the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So a uh, matchup of the uh, NXT Tag Champs versus the NXT UK Tag Team Champs. That another one, you know... Uh, Fish and O'Reilly definitely uh, outsized in this one, but uh, it should still be a great match. And then we've got the grizzled young veterans, uh, James Drake and Zach Gibson, taking on Kushida and a mystery partner. And there's been a lot of speculation about this, too. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the the thinking of uh, some of the some of the fans that have been speculating on this, that it could could it possibly be Alex Shelley, uh, you know, the reunion of the Time Splitters from New Japan. I mean, Alex Shelley, you know, just recently more or less came out of retirement and uh, has been working some indie dates, not under contract anywhere. So I think if they could, uh, if they, you know, brought in Alex Shelley for a few matches to team up with Kushida, I think that I, the response to that would be ridiculous, in my opinion. I, I would love it. Um, then also the coming up this week on NXT, there's going to be a number one contender uh, match for the North American title. That's going to be Keith Lee versus uh, Damian Priest versus uh, Dominic Dijakovic. <clears throat> Uh, versus Grimes, uh, Cameron Grimes. So that uh, that should be an interesting match with those four guys. Um, yeah, you got three three pretty big guys, and then Cameron Grimes. But uh, Cameron Grimes, obviously, he's received a significant push. Has some pretty big victories, some very fast victories um, since making his NXT TV debut. So uh, that should should be a good one to watch. And over on SmackDown, we had, uh, yeah, it was basically a night of returns for uh, for SmackDown this past Friday. We saw the return of Sheamus uh, coming out, uh, putting a beating on uh, Chad Gable. Well, not too much of a beating, just uh, bro-kicking his head into the fifth row. And, uh, you know, kind of, um, yeah, because Gable was already in the process of being beaten down by the Revival because he had just had a match with one of them. And uh, Sheamus came out, I think, uh, you know, Kind of, kind of made it look like he was coming out for the save, and then just uh, took Gable out. So uh, Sheamus is definitely back. I, I don't know if they're going to put him in a program with Chad Gable or Shorty G, whatever you want to call him. But um, I'm interested to see, you know, where they're going to go with Sheamus because he has gone back to his original look. He doesn't uh, doesn't have the mohawk anymore. You know, he's back to the uh, uh, the Celtic warrior. So um, uh, you know, it is really really good to see Sheamus back because he was out uh, the bulk of 2019 with an injury. Also saw the return of John Morrison, albeit very briefly. Uh, the uh, the Miz, you know, the Miz had a match, and uh, um, yeah, it looks like they're they're in the process of turning the Miz heel again, which I'm not sure if I like. I mean, he just became a babyface not that long ago, and uh, but the the fans kind of turned on him after the after the match, and uh, you know, he was standing there yelling at the fans. They tried to get an interview with him in the back, and. Uh, you know, when the interviewer knocked on the door, John Morrison opened it up. So that was kind of his uh, his return. You know, didn't didn't have a whole lot to say, didn't have a match. That was just you know he was on screen for a few seconds. That was it. But uh, yeah, if they're putting the Morrison Morrison and the Miz back together, um, I mean they were a great great tag team uh, years ago. So it uh, you know wouldn't surprise me to see them back together because the Miz hasn't had a clear storyline either. He was kind of inserted into the storyline with uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, and the Fiend. So. 
um, you know, if they put the two of them together and give them a strong, uh, strong angle to work with, I think that'd be great. And then we also saw the uh, return of the Usos, which I don't think that was too big of a surprise. I mean, it just came out a couple weeks ago that Jimmy Uso was cleared of the charges in his DUI case. So I think people figured, you know, he would be coming back sooner rather than later. Uh, made the return save, making the save for Roman Reigns when he was, uh, getting beat down by, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. They were, had, uh, had him handcuffed and they were going to pour dog food all over him again and saw the Usos come out and make the save. And uh, on the NXT UK side, we've got the uh, NXT TakeOver Blackpool 2 coming up next Sunday on uh, January the 12th. And uh, yeah, NXT UK, you know, same thing like uh, NXT in the US. Uh, never, ever seen a bad TakeOver. Uh, you've got Walter defending the UK title against Joe Coffey. Uh, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang defending the tag team titles against Imperium, uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans, as well as Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in a uh, fatal four-way match. So that should be uh, uh, an interesting one to, to try and keep up with. For the uh, UK women's title, we've got Kaylee Ray defending against Tony Storm and Piper Niven. Then uh, Trent Seven taking on Eddie Dennis. And uh, the one that I'm looking at to steal the show, Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. That that right there, you know, it's not for a title or anything. It's a straight-up singles match. But those, you know, Bate and Devlin are probably my two favorite guys in NXT UK. So I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, moving over to some AEW news. MJF made the announcement of the uh, stipulations for having his match with uh, Cody Rhodes. Number one, this isn't stipulation, but the uh, the match will take place at the next pay-per-view revolution uh, if Cody agrees to the, uh, the three stipulations that MJF laid down. First is that uh, Cody cannot touch MJF until revolution. So, you know, no physical contact, which I like. I said before, you know, the, I like when there's no physical contact between the the... Uh, the adversaries, you know, prior to the to the match, during the build-up to the match. So I, I like that one. Uh, then uh, MJF also stipulated that uh, Cody will first have to defeat uh, Wardlow in a cage match, and that would be Wardlow's in-ring debut for AEW, which I, I cannot wait for that. You guys have heard me talk about Wardlow till I'm blue in the face. But uh, I'm telling you, this guy is one to watch, so I can't wait to see his in-ring debut. And for that debut to be in a cage match against Cody Rhodes, that match is going to be ridiculous. Uh, and then the third and final stipulation is that MJF gets to whip Cody ten times in the ring on Dynamite. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I can uh, definitely see that being... Uh, painful to watch. So, uh, but uh, Cody's going to be making his. You're going to be giving his response this week on Dynamite. So, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about it. Uh, and then, uh, besides the uh, the Cody versus Darby Allen match I talked about earlier, you had Sammy Guevara defeating Dustin Rhodes with a little bit of help from Jake Hager. This was another great match. Uh, you know, Jake Hager um, really playing the heel role very good um, outside the ring for. Uh, for Guevara, and oh, that's what I forgot to mention about that match of the week with Cody and, and uh, uh, Darby. That uh, you know that was the debut of Arn Anderson as Cody's advisor, and it uh, you know it wasn't uh, there wasn't any heel tactics or anything. You didn't see Arn Anderson interfering, but you did see him acting as as a coach, and you know uh, giving Cody the heads up when the, the coffin drop was coming there at the end of the match. You know, tell you know hopped up on the apron, told him get your knees up, and he did, and that's how Cody ended up winning the match. So I, I like. How they're playing that one out. They're not making Arn the heel manager, but he definitely, definitely was a factor in helping Cody get the victory. Um, then another match coming up uh, this week on Dynamite, the one that I'm going to be watching very closely is the Brotherhood, Cody and Dustin Rhodes taking on the Lucha Brothers. Uh, first time ever these two teams have met, so I, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for this one. Uh, getting into some MLW news, just a couple of points here. Um, looks like Filthy Tom Lawler is going to be starting a new quote-unquote Team Filthy, so I'm interested to see who's going to be a part of that. Uh, also found out that at their uh, TV tapings coming up in uh, Dallas on January the 11th, uh, next Saturday, uh, they're calling it Zero Hour, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. will be getting a uh, World Heavyweight title match against uh, Jacob Fatu, so that. 
That will be an interesting clash of styles. Uh, you know, Pillman's going to be giving up a considerable amount of weight in that match, so I'll be uh, be curious to watch that one. Then we're going to have a barbed wire match between Mance Warner and Jimmy Havoc. That is going to be ugly. There's no other word for that. Uh, and this is also the debut of MLW's um, alliance, I guess you could call it, with uh, the AAA promotion from Mexico. Alex Hammerstone will be defending the National Openweight Championship against Aerostar. So that should be a, a great match between those guys. Again, a con conflict in styles. Hammerstone, you know, really more so the power guy in Aerostar. Uh, if you're not familiar with Aerostar, look him up because the guy is amazing. Uh, MJF will be taking on Marshall Von Erich. And uh, the stipulation in this one is if MJF wins, then the Dynasty gets uh, a title opportunity against the Von Erich brothers. If MJF loses, the Dynasty gets no more tag title chances. Uh, and then the other Von Erich, Ross Von Erich, will be taking on Filthy Tom Lawler in a grudge match. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. will be taking on Simon Gotch. And uh, Richard Holiday will be taking on Savio Vega. So uh, this should, it's shaping up to be a pretty good TV taping. taping. I'm sure those are going to be spread out over probably the next four weeks or so, uh, those matches, because you figure it's only uh, the, the TV episodes are only an hour for MLW. So with that number of matches, uh, I would think that's, that's a good four weeks of TV. They're going to be taping on Saturday. It looks to be a fantastic show. And uh, the, the big... Big news going on this weekend was uh, New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 14. It was a two-night event uh, here in the in the U.S. It was uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, and then uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning. <clears throat> and I uh, had a lot of title changes going on. We've got a new junior heavyweight champion in Takahashi defeated Will Ospreay. Uh, John Moxley defeated Lance Archer for the United States title, uh, so he did regain that one, uh, which he he never lost. He was stripped of the title because he uh, was not able to get to Japan for his uh, his title defense because of because uh, of weather. He just wasn't able to fly in. So you know, New Japan had to do something. So that's how Archer ended up as the U.S. champion. So Mox did uh, regain that title. We've got new heavyweight tag team champions from New Japan. That is uh, the team of Finn Juice, which is uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley uh, defeated Gorillas of Destiny. Naito defeated Jay White for the uh, the Intercontinental title, and in the uh, the main event of night one, Kazuchika Okada retained the IWGP heavyweight title against Kota Ibushi, which to me was kind of a surprise. I expected Ibushi to, to, to come out with the heavyweight title, but, uh, you know, I never complain about an Okada victory. I've said many times I think Kazuchika Okada is the best wrestler in the world right now. So, uh, yeah, that was night one. Moving into night two, we've got new uh, never open weight six-man champions in the team of eagle or evil not eagle <laughs> evil takagi and bushi won those titles in a gauntlet match uh rapongi 3k defeated um uh ishimori and el phantasmo for the junior heavyweight tag team titles so uh, yeah bullet club not having great luck in uh in wrestle kingdom this year uh zack saber jr retained the british heavyweight title over sonata uh which i think was kind of a surprise to some people uh moxley had a title defense of the united states title against juice robinson uh who was the person he originally defeated for that title and uh, moxley was victorious he retained uh, but he was uh, confronted after the match by Minoru Suzuki, so uh, that uh, that should be an interesting rivalry. Um, you know, a mat uh, match or a series of matches between Suzuki and Moxley. Um, you know, I'll say the same thing I said when uh, Suzuki took on uh, Filthy Tom Lawler at Warrior Wrestling a few weeks ago. That uh, you know that will be a symphony of violence with those guys. Uh, and then we had uh, Goto defeating Kenta for the Never Open Weight Title again. Another loss for the Bullet Club there. Uh, Jay White defeated Kota uh, Kota Ibushi in the uh, basically the losers match from the the previous night. And uh, Chris Jericho defeated Tanahashi. Uh, again, kind of a surprise because the stipulation in this one was if Tanahashi won, he wanted a shot at the AEW title. Now, Jericho did have uh, the AEW title with him, wore the belt to the ring, uh, you know, was acknowledged as the AEW world champion. And uh, during his post-match comments said, you know, that uh, he, even though, you know, Tanahashi did not beat him, he would be happy to defend the AEW title against Tanahashi or Okada or Ibushi or anybody else in New Japan and just talked a lot about, you know, a potential working relationship between New Japan and AEW, which I think people have been uh, kind of clamoring for, you know, and there, there was some bad blood there with, uh, you know, with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks leaving and stuff like that, you know, that why, uh, pretty much why we haven't seen any kind of cooperation between new japan and aew but with uh you know aew guys wrestling in prominent roles 
for New Japan, and in Moxley's case, holding a New Japan championship, I mean, that you know, that does hopefully start to bridge the gap, because I think a uh, working relationship with uh, New Japan and AEW would be um, amazing for both companies, especially considering that New Japan no longer has a U.S. TV deal. Uh, if they could get some exposure on AEW television, that would be great. And uh, so hopefully, you know, going forward, you know, we'll see uh, a little more crossover between New Japan and AEW. Uh, and then in the the, uh, the main event of the night, we saw Naito defeat Kazuchika Okada. Uh, so he is now a double champion. He's got the, uh, the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships. And he was attacked after the match by Kenta, who, uh, like I said, just uh, earlier in the night, had lost the Never Openweight title to Hiroki Goto. So it looks like uh, Kenta could potentially be the next challenger for Naito. Now, will that be for the Intercontinental title, the Heavyweight title, both? Who knows? I mean, I'm sure it'll play out in their uh, their New Year's Dash show, which I believe is coming up tonight. So uh, if there's any, and there's always some interesting developments in that one because that basically sets up the next uh, next year worth of rivalries and stuff for New Japan. So I'll definitely be reporting on those next week. And uh, yeah, this uh, Wrestle Kingdom also marked the uh, uh, the retirement of probably the greatest junior heavyweight. Uh, in history, in the history of wrestling, I'm talking about Jushin Thunder Liger, um, you know, had his last two matches on, uh, you know, had one each night, they were both tag matches, tagged with uh, some of the current great junior heavyweights in New Japan, and, uh, you know, both nights, uh, as is tradition in Japan, because, uh, you know, anybody who, who's watched any New Japan wrestling knows that it is steeped in wrestling tradition, uh, you know, he went out on his back both nights, and just, uh, so yeah, big, uh, big, huge congratulations to Jushin Thunder Liger on just a, a stellar career as one of the greatest of all time. So uh, that pretty much does it for news and rumors for the week. And uh, next we're going to get into another s- new segment here. And this one uh, brought in my buddy Charlie G, the one who has done the commentary with me on, uh, on Warrior Wrestling uh, last month and will be doing it with me again next month for Warrior Wrestling 8, and uh, he's basically going to be, uh, because he watches a whole lot more indie wrestling than I do, so I figured, you know, why why not use his knowledge and his, uh, you know, just his his extensive knowledge of indie wrestling to... uh, you know, to help uh, help me cover some stuff that I might have missed during the week. So, uh, yeah, this next segment, like I said, it's my buddy Charlie G, and this is the Indie Cut. Hey there, wrestling fans. Uh, I am Charlie G with your Indie Cut. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank Tom for this opportunity. I am honored to be part of the show, and I hope all of you like what I add to it. Uh, let's start at Synergy Pro War Horses Big Bad Bitchin' Christmas Party on Saturday, December 28th. Uh, War Horse retained his IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship with his 20th defense in 99 days over KTB hitting three deaths by double stomps. Um, pretty good match. Uh, Warhorse is really someone to look out for in uh, 2020. Uh, next up, we ha- we go to AAW Windy City Classic 14, also on the 28th. Uh, there was a do- dog collar match with uh, Jimmy Jacobs against Good Brother Number tr- Three, who I'm pretty sure is Mance Warner, but you never know in wrestling. Uh, if Good Brother won, uh, Mance Warner is reinstated to AAW. If Jacobs won, Mance was still not able to appear for a few more months. Uh, for a dog, dog collar match, it was um, fine, hard hitting. Uh, not a lot of blood for for these two. I was very surprised at that. Uh, Jacobs had Josh Briggs help him out. Uh, even with that, good brother number three hit Jacobs with a wicked chain punch to the head uh, for the win, allowing Mance Warner back in AAW. Uh, next up, uh, we had uh, Jessica Havoc against Chris Stantlander for the AAW Women's Championship. Uh, Havoc is the champion there. Uh, she jumped the bell, hitting Stantlander with a guillotine DDT on the stage. That looked uh, like it really stunned Stantlander. Uh, thought the match was going to end right there, actually. 
Uh, they fought in and out of the ring, uh, all over the bar area, and uh, the fans love this. Uh, Statlander took control, hitting her area 451 splash from the top rope for the win, becoming the new AAW Women's Champion. Uh, congratulations, Chris. Uh, she has a very bright future in 2020. This will not be her last championship. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, next up, we had Hakeem Zane versus Paco, who was champion, who is the AAW Heritage Champion. Uh, with the referee being distracted, Zane hit a low blow kick, becoming the new AAW Heritage Champion. Uh, not congrats to Hakeem. Uh, next up, we had Besties in the World retain their AAW Tag Team Championship over OVE. Uh, with uh, trading Canadian Destroyers, uh, Fitchett rolled up Callahan. Yes, Sammy Callahan got pinned while trying to his uh, pad and pile driver. Good match. I, I was a uh, good tag team match. I was surprised uh, OVE lost here, but uh, Besties in the World they have a bright future, I think, in 2020 as well. Uh, next up was the main event, uh, champion Joss Alexander of, uh, the North was supposed to face Fatu of MLW, but he was a no-show. <laughs> so good old man Swarner, who was just reinstated, stepped up and, uh, took on Alexander. <laughs> um, this match went all over the building as well. Uh, Alexander hit every single move he could think of, including a broken door. But Mance was able to all kick out, hitting a hard lariat out of nowhere, knocking Alexander down for three, becoming the new AAW Heavyweight Champion. Congrats to Mance. Um, in other AAW news, uh, ACH has signed for a match at AAW's next show, A New Dawn, on the 24th of January at the Logan Square Auditorium. I guess ACH has unquit from wrestling for now. And uh, so we will see if he actually appears. Um, next up, we go to Beyond Wrestling Heavy Lights to Count on New Year's Eve. Uh, this was a long show, folks. <laughs> this started at 7 and didn't end until 11.30 Chicago time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Two intermissions. They really stretch this out. You'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, before the show, they handed out their 2019 IWTV Awards. Um, Chris Statlander won Breakout Star of the Year, beating out Warhorse, Dan Housen, Tony Dumpin, and Alex Zane. Uh, Tag Team of the Year is Violence is Forever, which consists of Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo. They beat out Nerd, Death Kill, Beer Country, and Besties in the World. A little sad on that one. Uh, match of the year was David Starr versus Joey Janela at American Rana Iron Man match. That match, I don't believe I actually saw because it was uh, during a wild weekend of wrestling and just didn't have time. Uh, their face of the future is the one called Manders. Uh, he reminds me of uh, Outlaw Ron Bass, actually, so um, he might be coming around your uh, territory soon. And wrestler of the year, of course, is Chris Statlander. Uh, she beat out Warhorse, Nick Gage, and Chris Dickinson. Uh, congrats to Chris on two awards. Um, early in the show, uh, the one called Manners took on Warhorse for his IWTV Heavyweight Championship in his 21st defense in 102 days. Uh, it was a hard-fought match. Uh, Manners threw Warhorse round pretty much most of the match. But uh, Warhorse uh, was able to hit his double stomp for the win. Um, congrats to Warhorse on yet another title defense. Uh, at the end of the match, David Starr came out after the victory, uh, winning the match because he is Mr. Independent and he wants to a title. Uh, next, we had uh, Anthony Green versus Josh, Josh Briggs with uh, special referee Ava Everett. This is actually a fun match. Uh, Ava kept it uh, right down the middle. I don't know who she is actually dating, if either of these two. <laughs> so uh, uh, she used to. Uh, she's usually the manager of Green, so um, it was weird to have her just call it right down the middle. And then 
once King broke the rules, uh, she did not want to count the pinfall for him. Uh, near the end, uh, Green hit a low blow, then a, mis a mistake super kick from Ava, and then another pile driver from Green. Briggs kicked out, got control, and uh, hit a landing choke bomb for the win uh, in this really cool grudge match. Uh, after the match, Greens told Ava they are through. So uh, we will see you come the next Beyond Show. Not really sure when um, when they are because their uh, their season ended on uh, the end of December also. Uh, then there was a fun match of, from uh, John Silver and Chris Statlander, both of AEW. Um, uh, uh, Statlander won with a double knees. Uh, no, I felt. Uh, Silver won with hitting double knees while Statlander was trying for her top rope splash. Uh, fun match. It started off like a party and ended all business. Um, they, they even uh, toasted each other with a couple beers at the end of the match. Um, and then the main event, which started at midnight Eastern Time, it was Beer Country versus Team Tremendous with a um, fans bringing the weapons to the ring match. This The ring was just completely covered with uh, weapons, goodies, Legos, you name it, they used it. Uh, Dan Barry brought out a door full of mousetraps, and um, which they all snapped once <laughs> once he threw one of the beer country um, onto it. Still, the uh, brutal 28-minute match for what all weapons. This, there's non-stop carnage, and Beer Brunson uh, pinned Bill Carr for the win. Fun show, but this way too long for a New Year's Eve show. Uh, their next Beyond show is actually uh, January 25th. Uh, please come back. So hopefully half of these, most of these guys will come back. Uh, now for news overseas. Progress held their fourth annual unboxing show uh, 100. I only referenced this for the um, one of the owners, Jim Smallman's farewell show. Uh, if you ever seen Progress he is what keeps the crowd with it for the whole show with his banter and sometimes his uh, talking to the crowd is better than the matches themselves. Um, he will continue his work with NXT UK and then become and becoming a better father. He just could not do uh, progress, progress NXT UK and uh, being a father so all the props to him. If you ever see him around at a show, which sounds like he wants to do, uh, buy me around and don't be a dick. As for the show, it was really good. I won't spoil anything because it's not out on video yet, but um, if you want to watch it, uh, you will have uh, plenty of NXT UK wrestlers, along with a few other surprises from uh, Progress's past. Now on to yesterday morning at uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro 20, uh, Aja Kong became the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Champion, defeating Saki Aka in a backstage attack after Saki retained her title in a match minutes before. Uh, there's no video just yet. I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised Aja won a belt with no one seeing it, but uh, congrats to her on her new uh, championship. Um, and I'll just make a quick comment about Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yes, I stayed up for all of it till 6 a.m. Uh, the show started off slow and ended in an amazing fashion. I hope you all can watch it at uh, some point down the line. And uh, thank you, Liger. Uh, and then some other indie news before the Christmas break. Uh, PWG held a show on the 20th. Um, where if, uh, you're not, if you don't want spoilers, uh, turn away for 15 seconds. Bandito became, defeated Jeff Cobb to become the new PWG World Champion, ending Cobb's 400-day reign as champ. Uh, I heard it was a great show. I hope I can see it eventually. PWG usually puts on a great show, and they have a lot of uh, AEW talent still coming back, so that's good to hear. 
Um, in gaming news from the indies, uh, Retrosoft Studios is developing a remake of that, the arcade game WrestleFest. I'm sure most of you play, might have played it in the 90s. I know I did when I had a chance. And it's called Retromania. They are holding an independent wrestler tournament. And the winner gets put into the game. Uh, I've already I've been voting since it started. And the first round results are... Shane Mercer with an upset victory over RJ City, Chris Bay defeating Yellow Dog, Anthony Green defeating PJ Hawks, and Kobe Carino defeating Clayton Gaines. Um, you can go vote on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram posts, and Instagram story. Uh, look up Retrosoft Studios and uh, Retromania and, uh, for that info. Um, for next week, I will cover any doings in, at the ICW New York show, No Holds Barred, which features Tessa Blanchard versus the Ultraviolet Gage and Chris Dickinson versus Killer Cross. Uh, it should be a great show, I'm sure, uh, especially the Tessa versus Nick match. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I will cover any other doings and going on in the wrestling. Uh, till then, that's a wrap for me. Back to you, Tom. All right, thank you very much, Charlie. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah, like I said, Charlie just has such extensive knowledge of wrestling. You know, I could not think of anybody better to uh, uh, to help me out covering the independent scene on the show, and I'm so glad to uh, to have him working on the show with me now. So I, I really hope you guys enjoy it. You know, show him some love, drop some comments, things like that. And uh, yeah, so let's keep it rolling here. Next segment, again, as always, one of my favorites. Uh, this is this is uh, an oldie but a goodie. This one's staying around for a while, and I, of course, I am talking about the troll of the week. All right, the trolls of the week this week, because there are uh, there are more than one, unfortunately, and uh, this time it's actually going to uh, going to some some uh, legends in the wrestling business, and I, I kind of feel bad about this, but I'm talking about Fit Finley, Lance Storm, Just Incredible, and C.W. Anderson. Uh, yeah, uh, Lance Storm, Just Incredible, C.W. Anderson, obviously from uh, the original ECW, as well as. Uh, um, you know, uh, WCW, WWE, some of them, and Fit Finley, of course, uh, producer for WWE currently. Uh, just for, you know, the the really kind of disparaging comments that they made about a video that was going around online of uh, uh, Blake Christian and Jordan Oliver from a match that they had at GCW. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't even a, the video wasn't even the full match. It was a, maybe a minute long segment of the match where they were, you know, doing the, uh, the one up on each other with the, the flips and, you know, a lot of fast, fast paced, uh, stuff like that and flipping and flying all over the ring and that kind of thing. You know, I get it. Not everybody likes the quote unquote flippy wrestling. I get it. You know, it. I find it entertaining. Is it my favorite type of wrestling? No, but I find it highly entertaining and just the skill level of of the guys with uh you know the ability to do some of the moves that they do is insane to me and like i said it was one segment of a match not even the full match but uh and not just these four guys but these were the most prominent ones you know they're saying this is not wrestling and uh, just all kinds of stuff and uh you know they're they're uh, ruining the business and 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 who knows what else and of course uh you know my my favorite guy little jimmy had to throw his two cents in there too but he's not eligible to be troll of the week anymore so <laughs> it falls to uh fit finley lance storm just incredible and cw anderson and the thing that got me was you know storm credible and anderson these guys are all ecw originals and you know, the stuff that they were saying about this clip with Christian and Oliver is the same stuff that people used to say about ECW back in the day. And, you know, it just, uh, it's hypocritical to me. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of other wrestlers came out in support of these two guys saying that, you know, because um, uh, Lance Storm had said something about, um, you know, learning the craft or whatever. Finley had said, you know, I'm so I'm so glad that uh, dentists and doctors and surgeons and that kind of thing, you know, get uh, get their education and all that before they start practicing. Well, yeah, they anybody in the medical field they have to go through internships. It's called on the job training, and that's the only way that wrestlers learn. I mean, you know, wrestler guy, young guys like Christian and Oliver 
going through the indies and having matches like this and trying stuff out that that's the equivalent of a doctor doing an internship you know it's like the the whole point of it is so that they get reps in the ring and so that they have that opportunity to learn from other people and if they're smart you know they're asking any veterans on the card you know hey can you watch my match and give me some pointers or, or things like that which by all accounts both of these guys do so i think you know, for Finley and Storm and Just Incredible and C.W. Anderson to uh, have anything negative to say about these guys, especially the three ECW guys, to, to have anything negative to say about about these guys going out there and uh, just honing their craft and, and, you know, for these guys to throw out some of the same kind of stuff that people used to say about uh, the original ECW back in the day is just seriously hypocritical and just... Uh, it's it's stupid is what it is it's the best way i can put it so uh yeah you know bad on bad on these guys with you know when it comes to young guys like this the the veterans need to be building them up if you want to give criticism that's one thing but if you're just going to sit there and bitch about it that helps nobody so you know these guys are out there they're working if you think there's something wrong with what they did number one talk to them privately tell them you know saw your video and if they're open to hearing it, which they should be, you know, any young wrestler hopefully wants to hear the opinions of veterans, especially ones that have been, you know, around as long as some of these guys have, uh, you know, then offer criticism, say, you know, it might have been a little much, I would have done, you know, maybe a little less in that, uh, in that area, maybe, you know, drop this move from that sequence, drop that move from that sequence, put something else in. Uh, whatever, you know, that's how you give advice, not by uh, cutting people down on uh, on social media, because that, uh, like I said, that helps nobody. But, uh, you know, that's the age we live in, so it is what it is. So anyway, that's enough for the Troll of the Week this week. Now, we've got uh, another new, uh, new segment coming up here, and uh, this one is uh, basically t- giving uh, a not-so-popular opinion that uh, some people probably are not going to like, and I'm calling this one the Weekly Hot Take. So my weekly hot take for this week is the NWA, guys. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the NWA. I've always liked the NWA. I love studio wrestling. It's what I grew up on. I, I've talked about that before. I think, you know, the just the visual in the studio with the, the small audience, with the announcers right there, it, I just, I, I've always preferred that over the huge arenas and things. So so I, I love the NWA. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say it's bad. But... The hot take of the week is the NWA is not as good as everyone thinks or wants it to be. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Is is it good wrestling? Absolutely, it's good wrestling. It's nostalgic. It's old school. You know, like I said, it's studio wrestling. It's wrestling. You know, you don't see the high flyers in the NWA. But the same people who are so high on the NWA are the ones that bitch and moan about AEW being quote-unquote full of WWE rejects, and, you know, it just kind of makes me scratch my head, because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, have you looked at the NWA roster? Everyone on there, almost everyone on there, I'm not going to say every single person, has been through WWE or TNA, you know, James Storm, or Eli Drake, or, uh, you know, Nick Aldis, the, the world champion, um, you know, and, and I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, uh, um, uh, Aaron Stevens, former, you know, formerly known as Damian Sandow, has been through WWE and TNA. And, and you know, the list keeps going, you know, the men and the women and the tag teams. Uh, the thing is, you know, they're using mostly um, veteran stars. I mean, they have some some younger talent there as well to build up, not a ton of it, which I think in, in its own way is good, you know. But, uh, you know, if you're a veteran in wrestling and you're known and you're a name like an Aaron Stevens or a James Storm, well, then if you're known, you, you've been through one of the larger companies. That's just how it is. You know, if the wrestling fans know who you are, then odds are you have been through WWE or TNA or, you know, one of the larger companies. In this in NWA's case, pretty much everybody on the roster has been through either WWE or TNA. So, you know, as great as the NWA is, as much as I like the NWA, 
it, it's not as perfect as its hardcore fans want it to be. And neither is any other, you know, wrestling company for that matter. You've got WWE fans that are the same way. You know, WWE can do no wrong in their eyes. And you have AEW fans that are the same way. No, no company is perfect. You know, and that that's the thing. It just uh, just so happens, you know, this time around, I, I'm choosing to focus on the NWA. So, uh, yeah, my weekly hot take this week, the NWA is not as good as everybody thinks or wants it to be. It's just the way it is, guys. Sorry if you don't like it. So, for the last new segment of the show we're about to get into, just something to have uh, have a little bit of fun with and... Uh, you know, just kind of kind of talk about some what-if scenarios and things like that. And this last segment is called The Fantasy Booker. So for The Fantasy Booker this week, I don't think it's any surprise the first uh, first fantasy matchup that I want to talk about here. And of course, I'm talking about the one that people were clamoring for, for and are still clamoring for for over 20 years. And I'm talking about my all-time two favorite wrestlers, The Undertaker and Sting. There were, you know, opportunities where this match could have taken place Um you know, if WWE would have been able to sign Sting after the acquisition of WCW, or even at the time they did sign Sting, you know, it uh, it could have happened. I mean, you know, but instead they put Sting in there with uh, with Triple H, and I I wasn't a fan of that match. I mean, it had that nostalgia factor with the NWO and DX, but it you know it it originated as Sting fighting against the Authority, you know, uh, Triple H and Stephanie and things like that, and it broke down into a, a rehashing of the the Monday Night Wars and just served to uh, you know for WWE to say you know hey we're still you know we won the Monday Night Wars. It was just to remind everybody that uh, you know WCW lost. So. You know, I wasn't wasn't real happy with that kind of debut for Sting, but uh, you know, the, if there was a, a a perfect time to have this match, I think it would have been right after WCW, uh, you know, was bought out by the WWE. Uh, Sting was on the last match of uh, WCW Nitro. If they could have worked out a deal to bring him in, I think you know he and the Undertaker could have had a good long program and you know neither one of them you know with these two guys it it wouldn't even have been about who's the baby face and who's the heel it's just a matter of this is a match that people were clamoring for for so long the two top guys from each company finally going one-on-one and you know it 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 wouldn't even have mattered who won I mean at that time Taker was in the middle of the uh, the Wrestlemania streak so you know I'm sure he would have been the one to go over at least in uh, a Wrestlemania match but they could have had you know well more than uh, than just one match so uh you know but uh, me personally if i would have if i was picking the uh uh the versions of each character to to put in the match i would love to see the hybrid sting as he was called from tna when he was uh taking on jeff jarrett for the nwa world title at the time where he he was still wearing the crow makeup, but he had worked a little bit of color into it, and he wasn't wearing the the all black singlet. He was wearing just the pants with uh, like the pants were black and red, and uh, you know that for me that was my favorite look for Sting. I would have used that Sting versus the American Badass version of the Undertaker. You know the the biker. I know you know not everybody's favorite version of of Undertaker, but it. You know, I I just I love the Undertaker. He can he can do no wrong in my eyes. Like I was just talking about uh, WWE and AEW fans who just you know praise everything that they do. Well, I, that's how I am about uh, about Undertaker. So that and uh, you know at that point both guys were just uh, you know I wouldn't say in the prime of their careers, but uh, pretty close to you know they maybe a little maybe a little past their prime, but still able to get in the ring and put on a fantastic match. And you know it's uh, we're getting into WrestleMania season. There's rumors and rumblings about uh, about this match happening again, as there always are. And uh, you know I still think it could happen. Is it gonna be a, a five star clinic? Absolutely not. Sting is in his sixties. Undertaker's in his mid fifties. You know, and they're both, uh, uh, you know, pretty. They're, I mean, they, their bodies have both been racked with years and years of abuse. So I, I think uh, if they were to put this match on now, it, I, I'd, I'd obviously still watch, and it would be, 
I don't care how good the match is. It would be the greatest match in the world to me, and it would, uh, you know, that would kind of be the last thing on my wrestling bucket list so far, you know, to to see. And uh, but uh, one one interesting notion about this one came from uh, Ryback of all people, saying that if they're going to put Sting and Undertaker in a match, that they should be a tag team and take on one of the younger teams in WWE. And that I found that very interesting, and I think it uh, that would probably be the best case scenario to put Sting and Undertaker in a match together at this point, because neither one of them would have to carry a match on their own, um, you know, and they'd have that younger team there to. Uh, you know, obviously it would give whoever the other team was, it would give them a huge, huge rub being in there against uh, Undertaker and Sting. I don't, I, and I can't even think of a tag team that I would put in there. Maybe, I don't know about the Viking Raiders. Maybe, uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do the Street Profits or anything like that. Um, maybe the Revival. I mean, I've never seen a bad Revival match. So I, I think they could, uh, get a pretty good match out of, out of, uh, Sting and Taker. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I still, I hold out hope as, uh, you know, as silly as it may be, I hold out hope to see Sting and Undertaker in the same ring at the same time at some point. And I'm not talking about in, in uh, the late 80s when Sting took on Mean Mark Callis in WCW. I'm, take, I'm talking about Sting and the Undertaker. So that's the, uh, that's my fantasy booker for this week. And that, uh, that pretty much wraps up the, the new show. I hope everybody likes all the new segments. Um, you know, like I said, I'm uh, trying not trying not to be so heavy on just results. I know it was uh, the show to me was starting to sound a little stale. It was starting to sound too much like a news broadcast where I'm just going over results and upcoming matches and things like that. So I want to throw some more fun stuff in there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I hope uh, hope everybody likes all the new segments. I especially hope everybody liked the indie cut with my buddy Charlie G. Um, you know, he's uh, he's going to do a great job. He's got one of the best uh, one of the best minds on a wrestling fan that I've ever seen. And, uh, so I just hope everybody, uh, enjoys the new, you know, the new, uh, new version of the show, the new kind of new format, things like that. And, uh, yeah, before I sign off, I want to end the show on a little bit of a different note than I normally do. Uh, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening and subscribing. Any place you find podcasts, just search catch hook and shoot, uh, social media, look the show up at catch hook shoot, Patreon.com slash catchhookshoot, prowrestlingtees.com slash catchhookshoot, email is catchhookshoot at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I want to, like I said, I want to end the show on a little bit different note than I normally do. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys kind of a little little bit of a peek behind the curtain here, so to speak, into to my, personal, my personal life without getting into... Uh, uh, details, you know, but, uh, this, this, uh, past weekend has been a really rough one for me. Um, got some, uh, some family stuff going on and, uh, you know, nobody, nobody passed away, nothing like that, but, uh, so, some, some pretty heavy family stuff going on and just, uh, you know, been, uh, been hurting <laughs> to say the least. And, uh, but I wanted to get this show out today because this is, uh, you know, this is one of those things I, I love doing this. And it, uh, you know, it really does help sitting here talking to you guys this, uh, every week, you know, no matter how many people download the show, I just, I appreciate each and every person within the sound of my voice that, uh, you know, that, uh, gives their time to, to listen to me, you know, go on about wrestling for, uh, for an hour or so every week. I, I really do appreciate all you guys. And, uh, I just want to, you know, I want to tell everybody, um, all the important people in your life, you know, keep them close to you. Let them, let them know how important they are every single day. Tell them how important they are. Show them, most importantly, show them how important they are. Don't don't just leave it to the words because words aren't always enough. So, uh, yeah, and, and don't ever, ever take any of the important people in your life for granted because, uh, you know, you, you could wake up one day and, uh, and, and they could be gone, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. You know, like I said, tell, uh, tell the people that are important to you that you love them, tell them how important they are, show them. I cannot stress it enough. Show them what they mean to you, uh, every single day just and don't sweat the small stuff guys you know let it go uh don't you know just uh yeah just let it go forgive 
and uh, you know realize there are bigger things in life there are more important things and uh, don't you know don't fight over stupid petty little shit that's uh, that's that's about all I can say. So again, I appreciate everybody uh, taking taking the time out to listen to the show. Uh, it means the world to me when I when I look at the numbers every week and I see you know new uh, new followers and new uh, new countries that the the show is uh, is reaching and things like that. So I cannot thank you guys enough. So uh, again, happy New Year to everybody. I hope everybody has an amazing. 2020 uh i'm gonna to uh do my best to to make it a good one uh for me as well so on that note i'm gonna sign off for this week hope everybody has a great week and i will talk to you guys soon 